Welcome to the Healthy Family Project podcast, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Welcome to the Healthy Family Project podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. Happy New Year, everyone. I thought we'd kick the year off with some easy resolutions. I'm looking for simple this year. Um, So before we get started, wanted to make sure you join our Healthy Family Project Facebook group and are following along with us on our social media outlets. We have been posting some awesome things over there on Instagram, um, as well as Facebook and Twitter. We also have a TikTok now. So if you are on TikTok, please find us. We'd love to have you there, uh, new to that space, but having some fun. We also have a weekly email delivering recipes, tips, and ideas to get you through the week. And you can sign up for that newsletter in the link in our show notes. I've had the chance to get to know Alyssa Greenstein, Senior Manager of Nutrition Affairs Communications with Florida Dairy Farmers over the past couple months. She is someone I will probably now know forever. She's a fellow mom who is relatable, open, and honest. You guys know I love that about the struggles we face as parents and guardians. Alyssa is passionate about all things food, you know, also right up my alley. Um, She especially enjoys being in the kitchen and showcasing both healthy and delicious recipes. Alyssa emphasizes the importance of three to four servings of nutrient-rich dairy every day, which reinforces that dairy is good for the community and good for the planet. In her spare time, she enjoys time with her family of five and her golden retriever and golden doodle. So today's conversation is going to be great, touching on breakfast, grocery lists, dairy, and the benefits of writing down or keeping track of what you are eating. So let's jump in. Welcome to the Healthy Family Project podcast, Alyssa. Today we are talking about small nutrition changes to make with your family this year. And I know you have a lot of simple ideas for our listeners. Simple is very good. As you guys know, if you've listened to the podcast before, I like the easy and simple changes, nothing overwhelming. Um, But before we get started, can you tell listeners a little bit about you? So it is great to be with you. And um, I am a registered dietitian. Of course, I am a mom of three. So um, going into the new year is always fun when you are challenged with your kids. And I work for the Dairy Council of Florida and Florida Dairy Farmers. And I have been um, a registered dietitian for a long time, um, over 25 years. But we represent our Florida dairy farmers who work every day, 24-7, to provide a steady and steady supply, fresh, uh, lots and lots of milk. And so I am lucky enough to share the importance of a healthy, happy, sustainable wor- world. And so when I talk about nutrition, it is based on science and as our foundation. Now, the fun part for me is when I get to translate the science into realistic and relatable information and that's my favorite part because that's when I can share with families, um, consumers, and then, of course, health professionals. And then being passionate about food and all things culinary is my most favorite way to educate. And what better way to educate than by educating with food and with taste? Wonderful. Well, I know in our pre-call, we, we talked a lot. We'll probably be having a part two to this episode, just so you guys know. <laughs> we'll be a regular um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So it's the new year and everyone is talking about their big and oftentimes unattainable resolutions. I feel like it took me years to recognize this <laughs> in my <laughs> own self. Um, so, you know, wanting to scale way back this year and look at some simple changes you know, we can make as a family 
um, not go super big, um, things that will impact our overall health in the long run. Um, but again, sticking to those like just really simple things that we can do. So um, like I said, we had our pre-call and there were a couple topics that I wanted to elaborate on. Um, and so first off, let's talk about breakfast. I know busy families sometimes run out the door and don't eat breakfast. I like when I say, I know sometimes busy families in quote air quotes, cause that's me. Um, I feel like I get up and put something together for my daughter, but I feel like she would probably just leave without eating if I did not do so. Um, but I know it's been drilled into our heads. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You know, you got to eat breakfast. You got to eat breakfast. So what's the deal? What's your take on it? I'd love to hear because I know this was one of those simple things that we could invest in for the new year. Yeah. So I think parents can all relate to how hard it is to sometimes feed our kids. Mm -hmm. Of course, we know that alarms go off at different times. I think we hit the snooze button far more often. Um, if you have different aged kids in different schools, there's different times of the day that they're leaving. So there is just a plethora of challenges that I think we can all relate to. Um, breakfast is simple, obviously break the fast breakfast. And so we know that it doesn't necessarily need to be a brunch with a full spread. Um, I think the biggest challenge that you just hit, Amanda, is there are so many times that I think we can all relate to putting together either a breakfast sandwich or a smoothie and it doesn't make it out the door because it finishes last, like breakfast finishes last. I think we can all attest that we know the importance of breakfast, but I don't know, maybe we need to dial it back a little bit and, and look at that science first. Sometimes that helps for us as parents to get creative. So studies have shown that kids that eat breakfast perform better in the classroom. Well, of course that makes sense, right? I mean, we're feeding, it's been eight to 10 to 12 hours without us, without eating, so we're hungry. Um, we know that kids that eat breakfast score higher on standardized tests. We know that kids that eat breakfast are healthier. We know that being nourished impacts our brain and our mental performance. So those are all like the things that, the science stands by. We also know that people or kids, adults that eat breakfast have a healthier and have more nutrients in their diets. And then they tend to be leaner than skippers. So like those are kind of the, the science benefits, okay. but how do you translate that into reality? So I'm going to just share like a couple of things and you can let me know if, if you've had this, but sometimes preparing a little bit and getting creative helps bring that science into reality. So Obviously, being prepared or preparing something the night before is great. But again, how are you going to get the kids to grab it? So sometimes I will put milk in ice cubes. And, you know, if you have a, a high schooler that likes coffee, you can throw milk into, say, their, their, their coffee and make it or into a smoothie. You can take non-breakfast items and make them breakfast, like um, a baked chicken tender with a waffle. Um, mm -hmm. Chicken and Ooh, waffles yeah. are like all the rage, right. right? And take a Greek yogurt and maybe add some hot sauce if you have some spicy fans or kids. Um, so sometimes it is getting a little creative. Sometimes it's taking a little mini waffle maker and then you heat your little, little waffle maker up and you can actually put eggs, egg beaters into that waffle iron and then you have a waffle sandwich, you can use frozen waffles and then you have the eggs. So sometimes it is getting creative. Sometimes it's grilled cheese with uh, tomato or use a sweeter cheese and do um, a brie and strawberries with some honey. So 
Sometimes you do have to be a uh, detective. And then, of course, the frozen fully route. Do a frozen smoothie and put the smoothie into a mold and make it into a popsicle. Mm -hmm. Um, Tends to be a grab and go. It certainly is a lot better than having to clean out your teenage cars that have (laughs) half-eaten breakfasts (laughs) on plates. Um, And I try to tell the story to the kids, right? Like, you need that protein. On average, 25 to 30 grams of protein per day spread over three meals is not hard to do if you incorporate a glass of milk with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Um, So a lot of times it is just preparation. A lot of times it's creativity. Um, When my kids were younger, if it was on a stick, they would eat it. So, (laughs) you know, like if the stick is a pretzel, it's, it's cheese and fruit. So I think that sometimes the preferences change as our kids get older and we know how important it is, especially for kids that are young to include uh, dairy into their diet just because it's packed with nutrients. And right. we know that kids are not eating enough vegetables and fruits and they're not drinking enough dairy. So sometimes combining that stuff and getting creative seems to help. Yeah, I am with you on the grab and go. I think that my daughter catches this, the bus right outside of our house. And so she's a big fan of the mini bagels. So we'll do I'll do peanut butter and little slices of banana on the bagel. And she usually just puts it together and then she's out the door with that, you know, or some mornings she'll have a little bit of time and she'll have some cereal, but that's really rare to do. But I think definitely the grab and go, whatever that might be. And I think you make making a good point that you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into just eggs and bacon and everything that you kind of, when you think breakfast, like these are the things, cereal or, you know, those other things, like really just ask your kids and talk to them. Like, what would you like want to eat in the morning? It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to fit into the, the, um, you know, that breakfast category. It can be anything just to get you going. Yeah. I find, I also find that, um, for kids that are, for kids that are in school that start earlier, so like the high school kids, you know, mm-hmm. often they're not ready to eat no. much of anything, right? At six or seven in the morning. So sometimes I also will try the frozen route is so, like you said, to prepare stuff and keep it into the refrigerator um, in a separate container or a separate area of the fridge that the kids know they can grab and go for stuff that's in the fridge. And then I, I have done where I've made breakfast sandwiches, um, again, using either that frozen bagel or a fresh bagel, using um, a pre-made omelet from the frozen section then adding fresh veggies and letting them microwave. So maybe I think having those choices, again, whether it's in the fridge or the freezer so that the kids know that they can grab and go, really their accountability is heating it up a couple of, you know, heating it up for a few minutes in the microwave or just knowing that it's available. And then I think the same thing goes for lunch too, because a lot of times kids will come home hungry and you'll have that same challenge. But then all of a sudden they like to eat breakfast for either a snack or, I know. or dinner, right? So. <laughs> well, would it be, would it right. really be our, like our kids if they wouldn't like not want to have breakfast for right? breakfast, don't I mean, want to have breakfast for right. dinner? Yes, <laughs> breakfast for dinner is amazing. Breakfast for breakfast, not always the case. Right, I know. Now that we just said that, I'm like, yeah, really? Like that's so Right, funny. I know. <laughs> I know, like, because breakfast for dinner always seems to be a winner, um, right. no matter no matter when. <laughs> just need to like oh, translate God. that into breakfast. Yeah. All right. Well, I know we have um, some links that we can throw into the show notes for breakfast ideas um, from both Alyssa and I. So we'll we'll pull those together and you guys can get some ideas from that. Um, okay. So next up, something we talked about was writing down what you eat. 
And before you guys hang up on us or pause us or whatever, um, (laughs) I promise this isn't overwhelming. Um, What are your tips? I know this is an important one for you. What are you thinking why we need to write things down and what's the easiest way to keep track? So I'm going to go like purely simple. So um, seeing is believing. And this is really just for somebody that either is trying to incorporate more healthy items into their everyday um, versus doing this exclusively because somebody is wanting to monitor their weight. So, you know, there's kind of two schools of thought on that. Um, Some of the things that we've done just within my own family is we have a a family group text and um, it's a really easy way to communicate. So again, if it's breakfast, I can send them a text that says, what'd you have for breakfast if they've left before or after I've gone into the office? That's accountability. So I can see right then and there. For somebody that wants to be a little bit more formal, writing things down old school on, on paper and keeping it with you, Um, But also there's great apps that are out there. Um, You can use your phone and just use notes. And so that's just, again, that's helping for accountability. If I'm trying to incorporate more fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. into my diet, if I'm trying to combine, right, like fruits and vegetables, and I know that like I'm lacking on on my dairy. So if I combine that together and then I have it and I see it, then I'm able to have a more mindful conversation with myself about those important nutrients that I need for my health. Um, And I think that that accountability, you you find a friend or a relative to kind of go back and forth. And I just think that helping be mindful and seeing what it is that we're putting into our bodies, especially if you're wanting to go for a a new start, a new goal, right? At the beginning of the year, this just kind of helps to remind you to eat. And then of course, there's great apps out there um, that will, you can set timers. So if you're wanting to eat smaller meals more frequently, you can use, of course, your phone and use the alarm, but then there's apps that are out there that you can literally pick out every two or two and a half hours your alarm will go off and it just reminds you. And you can use this also to make sure that you're getting enough fluid and drinking enough water and um, eating enough snacks. And it also helps with with wanting to get enough protein um, in your day too. Well, I think there's a couple of things with writing writing things down. I guess we'll we'll just use that term. But um, I know for me, I was having some sensitivities, I guess. And I was like, okay, it's not all the time, but I can't really pinpoint, you know, and even with, Um, The girls, like there's been days where, you know, I'm like, why are they so tired? Or, you know, and I think sometimes you can, when I started logging and it was just kind of like top level, um, when I started logging that a couple of years ago, I was really able to pinpoint some of the foods that maybe didn't mesh with me so well, you know? And I was like, oh, that's why it was like, you know, had trouble sleeping or whatever. I had this at this time. And so, So I feel like that was really helpful. And then if there's, you know, parents listening, I know for me, sometimes when you're not feeding someone else, you forget to feed yourself and you get to the point of like, oh my goodness, I'm so starving because it's just you. I find that I got into a pattern like that over, you know, pandemic and I'd be at home and I would just be working, working, working and forget to like eat. And then I'd get to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, I now have a headache and I'm hangry and I'm mad at everybody and all these things. So I think that recognizing that and setting a timer and making sure you actually are eating and not so that you're to the point where you want to eat everything in your whole house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so funny because you actually, you, you make a really good point, which is seeing it or so for people that again are having sensitivities or allergies or intolerances, that's so important. I think another kind of neat 
benefit of some of these apps is that you can scan a barcode to a food. Mm -hmm. And so if you are trying to either get more into your diet or you're looking to see if there's a certain trigger, that that's really helpful. And then I also love the option is that you can set goals. So if you're, again, if you're looking to have at least 100 grams of protein per day, you can monitor that. So you have a bigger picture. And then when we look at like immunity, for example, like, and of course, we're all really wanting to keep our belt, our body is healthy, then there's those nutrients that we want to focus on like protein and zinc, selenium, vitamin A and D. And those are all vitamins that are really important for our immune health. However, if we're not incorporating fruits and vegetables and dairy, those are kind of really great combinations. We might be completely lacking in those items, right? So then by seeing it, we are figuring out so many, you know, we're figuring out, does our body tolerate uh, those nutrients or those foods? And then it just kind of gives us, I think, you know, a different color shade of glasses to allow us right. to, to be more successful. So this yeah. is kind of not a, not a one size fits all approach. Right. I agree. Cause I think sometimes it, you think like, oh yeah, I totally get all my vegetables in. And then once you really look at, and even if you just do it for a week, you know, like your day log, your daily, um, food habits. And then it's like, oh, wow, I really don't. Like I thought I did, or wow, I'm eating like a ton of fruit, but I was kind of like, you know, transferring that over to the other bucket. So maybe <laughs> I should figure that out. But yeah, definitely good. Um, okay. So you have an important role with the Dairy Council of Florida as their registered dietitian. So we touched on weaving dairy into your daily consumption along with more fruits and vegetables, of course. So fill us in, You're, you know, all the dairy, all the dairy tips. Yeah. So um, it's funny. I remember when, when we were talking again, as moms, there's so many different snacks and foods. And I mean, you look on, um, you look out there on social media and, and there's so many great culinary experts, but I think at the end of the day, like what is real, right? Like what is it that we are going to be able to do to keep things realistic um, in our families and our day-to-day life? So, you know, one of the things I kind of wanted to backpedal on in talking about, you know, all of the tips and stuff is, are there things that we can do to our family, like with our families or in the house that can allow us to be successful? And certain things are just simple, like um, doing a makeover. So starting with the fridge, right? Because before we kind of pair our foods together, we want to make sure that our refrigerators are, are kind of ready for that in the new year. So I would say like doing a fridge makeover is fun and then combining a pantry makeover. And so kind of like by doing those two together. And then that's such an easy way, even though our families or children may hum and holler about wanting to do work. I just feel like um, kind of customizing those areas for them makes them a little bit more invested in what their food story might look like. Right. So that's kind of the first thing that I think is fun. And then I think um, if you are trying to trim off some inches in the new year, which we know that's always kind of Yep. (laughs) Top, right, front and center is a wardrobe makeover is always kind of fun. It's it's a good time to go through your closets and pick out things that maybe are dated, but then you have your kind of goal, whether it's that dress or it's for, you know, for an event. I find that that that's a really nice inspiration when you pair that with a fridge or pantry makeover. So you're kind of doing it it on both sides, right? Yeah. I think we can probably both agree we love yogurt. Yogurt is like such a versatile food along with milk, but you know, yogurt has those great beneficial cultures that can really help with your immune system. And you hear a lot of buzz, right, about your immunity and fermentation. And so 
it's that whole combination of your fruits and vegetables with um, fiber. Um, and then of course, fermented foods like like yogurt that are going to be really good for your gut. Um, so when looking at your whole health, yogurt's such a great option. And then I mentioned a little bit, obviously, about combining your fruits and vegetables, because that's going to help us with an, a healthier lifestyle. And we know that kids and adults fall short on really important nutrients that are found in those areas. Um, and then milk is just easy. And we've touched upon the nutrients that are found in milk and, of course, the importance of immunity. So when you combine those foods, it's great. Um, and then, of course, when we're teaching and educating with our families, we, you know, we know, I say it all the time, that it's not a one-size-fits-all approach because we all have different preferences. And so sometimes taking a basic pizza because we're busy and building that pizza into something that is healthier is a really easy way to be successful. So I always like to say, like, we don't have to cook everything from scratch. Combining fresh, frozen, and even canned foods together to have healthy options is good. It's, it's okay. Um, and I think that, you know, shopping for foods that are like economical is great, but then also looking at foods that provide us with the most and the best nutrition bang for our buck is really helpful when we're looking at our foods. Um, of course, I think we could talk all day about how important it is to get your kids active in the kitchen. Um, I think that definitely helps. And I think as they get older, depending on how old they are, that, um, you know, starting kids early and teaching them about the importance of food and, and encouraging trying new things certainly helps. For sure. Yeah, we're big on that. I, one of my goals when the girls leave our house someday, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, they might be staying forever now, um, is that they can function in a kitchen, you know, that they're not going to fast food every day or, you know, just that they can just feel comfortable in the kitchen, that they can create a couple of staple things and know like, oh, I can do this or like, oh yeah, I know I can go buy the bag, the salad kit in the produce department and add some grilled chicken. Like that could be my dinner. You know, I feel like there's easy things that we do that I feel like will be takeaways for them for sure. Hopefully. I feel like there's nothing more satisfying when you watch your kids, right? Like yeah. again, getting them comfortable and it doesn't have to be completely gourmet. Um, I think that convenience foods that are healthy are totally great for teaching kids how to build. Cause I really think that it is like a story that they can tell. Um, you know, I think with multiple kids in the house and preferences, um, sometimes being more picky than others, it, not every family meal is going to look the same. So, I mean, I love the idea of taking taco night and combining everything into like a casserole and baking the casserole and then putting it into the taco shell, right? Or just little things that may not be what you would expect to be conventional. I know for my family personally have worked really well and sometimes it's accidental <laughs> and it's a huge success. And yeah. other times, you know, it may not be a huge win. Yeah, I know <laughs> um, that. <laughs> but they joke with me. They're like, no more broccoli. Um, broccoli, like it's with everything. But, you know, it was one of those foods that when we were young, like that at, like all the kids enjoyed. I, so I guess I just went with it. <laughs> I know I burn out on, we burn out on things too, where I'm like, oh, they like it. And I'm yeah. just like, buying all of it. They're like, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. And, you know, I think sometimes too, when we think about kids being picky, we don't always kind of put two and two together. So like osteoporosis is one of those 
words, right, that you mostly kind of connect with older folks. Yes. And I, I always remember thinking it's one of those conversations that's so important for kids because you might hear somebody say osteoporosis is a childhood disease with adult consequences because it's that foundation that's built early that you can't necessarily go back and make up when you're older. So I've tried that, you know, those stories with the kids. And of course, as they get older and go into their teen years, they get it a little bit more, especially for kids that are growing and thriving and developing that there's so many important foods, um, again, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, and of course, the dairy foods that really combine together are going to provide those nutrients that are so important for growth and development. And then of course, when you hit those teenage years, you know, you've got that really crucial part of, of life where growth is so important. And then as we get older, then it flips where eating healthy is going to help reduce the risk for chronic diseases. So, um, you know, it's, it's a story, it's a process. Right. Um, but I think anything that we can do to kind of get into that new year and, and get everybody kind of jazzed about making small changes, I think definitely is easier than thinking we're going to go in and we're going to like hit everything right, right at a hundred percent. Yeah. That, that never really works out. The thought yeah. is always good, right? I think oh. we all have the best yeah. of intentions of like <laughs> putting everything, you know, sweeping it under the rug and then we're going to start a hundred percent. But I think that, you know, the reality is, is that I think just making small changes and a little bit at a time. I mean, I know we, I can, there's no way I would ever be able to run a marathon after training for like five minutes. So Right. That is like a great way to look at it. Yeah. It's a slow and steady. So one, I wanted to touch on um, one other thing before we go on. Like I said, I definitely, I feel like we have lots of topics. We can, we can do some, some follow-up episodes for sure. Um, so grocery list, how, I know you've said this is a huge impact on your family. And I definitely see this. You mentioned a couple of different things, but when I was kind of looking through your notes before the call, I'm thinking, yeah, this is true. When I shop hungry, this is what exactly what happens. Like we know all these things. So what are your thoughts on the grocery list? Yeah. I mean, I can't help but laugh because the whole shopping hungry thing is it's it real. Really, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you're standing at, if you're standing at a particular grocery store and you're in that, you're, you're in front of that BOGO and you've got, you know, buy one, get one candy and, you know, a whole other beautiful smorgasbord of things and you're hungry. I mean, I think we can probably all attest that you're going to go through that, that line and your bill is going to be very different. Um, than if you go to the grocery store and you're fed. So, you know, I think that going to the grocery store starts with grabbing yourself something small to eat. And so it doesn't have to be anything major. Again, it can be a smoothie. It can be a, a granola bar, protein bar. It can be some, some hummus with, you know, some carrots. Um, it can be, again, some yogurt and some fruit. So that's the first thing is grab and go. Um, before you get to the store. Um, of course, if they've got samples, that helps too. <laughs> oh, but yeah. there is, yeah, but there is definitely research that shows that having a, having a grocery list does have a direct impact on what your bill looks like at the end. Um, you know, it used to be that you'd say like shop the perimeter of the store because that's kind of where the healthier options are. But I think grocery stores have changed things a little bit. So I always say, again, you're trying to shop for things that are cost effective and efficient, but also that are going to give you that big nutrition 
for your, you know, for your buck, that big bang. And so that's where I, I was said, you know, combining foods is really great. And I think it's just out of the box. I think I had mentioned just about it's okay to combine canned and frozen and fresh, but definitely right. utilize those sales. And then if you're looking to get say more vegetables into say your family's diet, um, I always feel like swaps are good. So where you wouldn't necessarily go cold turkey, but uh, for example, maybe you were wanting to do like a fried rice. And so instead of using just uh, either a whole grain or a long grain rice, you might want to try incorporating some rice cauliflower. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if it has a good um, impact with the kids and they're not rolling their eyes, then you then you include something else the next time. So um, again, when my kids were very little and they were picky, I always tried those swaps and sometimes they were great and successful and other times they weren't. Um, but I always feel like the more we can encourage our families to try new things, the more open we're going to be um, when you want to try that that next new recipe. Or again, you want to switch it up and you're not having that conventional breakfast for breakfast. You're doing it for dinner instead. So I think like variety and versatility definitely helps when we're in the grocery store. Yeah, I agree. I think the, and I always feel like the word meal plan can overwhelm people. because Oh yeah. Like, gosh, I have to plan everything else and have all these strategies for everything. Why can't I just go and get my stuff, you know, but I do, even if it's like a very loose vision, <laughs> let's call it mm-hmm. a loose vision <laughs> mm-hmm. instead of a meal plan. Maybe that'll help. Yeah. Um, if you I mean, kind of look ahead and go, Hey, you know, we have, I know on Tuesday we have tennis and dance and these things are overlapping. So maybe that's not a great night. You know, maybe we, that's my frozen, whatever that I have make ahead. But I feel like if you can look at your week and then kind of look at your list and see like, what can I make that I could also be good leftovers or what kind of chicken can I make that can cross over to be on the salad the next day, you know, in the lunch or whatever. I think that helps you. It helps your budget. I know it helps mine. When I don't plan, I definitely spend more. And then it also helps your stress the next, you know, the following week for me definitely to know like, okay, I'm, it's not like 5 p.m. and everybody's like, where's dinner? What are we having? I need to get here. And I have no clue. Yeah. I think my favorite is when the kids go into that refrigerator, right? We all, the whole, like, there's nothing to eat. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which I think it gets us all the time. So mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many easy solutions to hit that. But just to your point, the planning sometimes is hard because everybody is running in different directions. So that's why I always say is, you know, obviously before you go to the grocery store, take inventory or almost kind of make it a contest to see what you can put onto a sheet pan to do a sheet pan dinner. And, you know, it doesn't have to, as I said, it doesn't have to be conventional. So if it's going to be a tapas dinner or it's going to be, of course, breakfast for dinner, um, maybe it's a charcuterie board that you're doing that's for dinner. Like all those things are, are great. And um, of course, having the family be interested and invested is fun. But I think also being able to take something that you buy and then if you're going to have leftovers, trying to in your mind, think ahead of time, okay, can I take that chicken and, you know, take it from um, from just a simple, say, salad and then turn it into a casserole or turn right. it into something you're going to throw into a, into a pot um, with soup. Um, that's always like one of my favorite things, of course, when it's always cold is it's so easy for me to throw vegetables and soup and, and potatoes and make something into a soup. And fortunately... Um, for the most part, that seems to work unless it's August. <laughs> right. Yeah, true. We're in Florida. So 
Yeah, that really doesn't help us here. Right, um, exactly. But I, I feel like I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before, but I have like, it's, I call it trash soup, which I think is so funny because who wants to eat trash soup? But um, it's my way of when I see like, oh, I have, what do I have that's about to, you know, has like a day left. And so I just take whatever those things are, the celery, potato, sweet potato, you know, whatever I have. And I put it all into the um, slow cooker. And I always say, it's my trash soup and everyone loves it, but maybe I should give it a different name. But I, I like, love it. No, I think it makes it exciting. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm like, it's, I'm cutting down on food waste because I'm using things mm-hmm. and, you know, um, making sure that um, we're, we're not wasting and our money, you know, with the things we've we've purchased for the week because I cannot stand throwing things out. It just hurts me. <laughs> you and you and I both. It, it it definitely is hurtful. And and I love that. And I don't know, maybe some I know some of the things that we'll do too is kind of set that goal for tomorrow. You know, if we're if we're eating um dinner tonight and we know that there's going to be leftovers, I will say, okay, let's let's talk about tomorrow and how do we want to get creative. So um I love being able to throw some marinara sauce and some some mozzarella cheese over mm-hmm. leftover chicken and um I, I just, I think I'm going to now go back and, and look into trash soup for dinner tonight. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I love Maybe it. Maybe come up I, with a new name. <laughs> I love it. They're going to be like, oh, okay, now it's much more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for joining us today. I'm excited um, you know, to have this episode and what's to come. I think that our conversations can really go far and help some families out there. Um, Thank you for sharing all your tips and ideas. Before we close out, can you tell listeners where they can connect with you? Yeah, for recipes and tips, you can check out floridamilk.com. Okay, perfect. And you have all your socials up there on the website. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All of our socials are up there. We've got great recipes. And of course, um, if you have any questions, you can email me directly at G at floridamilk.com. Awesome. And we will link up to everything in the show notes too. So um, If you want to head over there and find all the links, you can go there direct. Thanks so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure. If you enjoyed today's episode on the Healthy Family Project podcast, tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. If you want to find me direct, I'm on Instagram as Amanda M. Kiefer. And you can find Healthy Family Project on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.